Welcome to the Daily Boogie. All right, welcome everyone. Hello, hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you are. Thanks for joining us once again on a brand new week of the Daily Boogie. Yes, indeed, you have arrived. Welcome in. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. It's a brand new week and it's a brand new episode of The Daily Boogie. I am The Boogie Bumper. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for sharing the show out. If you did, if you didn't, well, not so much thanks, but thanks nonetheless just for showing up. Just for showing up. You know, the last thing I want people to do is share this show out to their friends, their family members, who may get the wrong idea about you considering the type of things that we discuss. I mean, if you've got a if you've got a friend circle, a social circle or a family member who thinks that you're a particularly nice person or a good person, a good-hearted person, the last thing you would want to do is invite them in here. Especially today. <laughs> Especially today. So, thanks so much for joining us. Just a quick reminder, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper, become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to lose an internet in 10 days, then follow me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. And as well as that, I just retweeted out just before the show a link to the Discord channel. So if you want to get involved in the Discord server, see the Daily Boogie behind the scenes then hit that link, join in, join in the debate. We post articles in there, hoping to get a little community going. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, then cart your ass on in as they would say in some parts of the world. TC says, we don't care what people think. We're nuts anyway. Beautiful. <laughs> you're, on the right, you're on the right channel, then. You've come to the right place. As you can tell by the title, um, unfortunately, Matthew McConaughey couldn't make it today. Sorry to the ladies in the audience. You will be bitterly disappointed. But as you can tell by the title, yes, internet regulation once again. And look, I'm somebody, I... You know, some people out there do the same topic every single day. And that's fine if that's what you want to do. Some people are very good at doing the same topic every single day. But me personally, I can't do it. I can't watch people talking about the exact same thing day in, day out, day in, day out. It bores me to death. You know, I want to I want to rip my ears off with that kind of stuff. The repetition just gets too much for me. Um, but on this particular topic, I'm finding that I'm breaking my own rules because every single day we're just lurching closer and closer and closer to what seems to be an inevitable shit show when it comes to regulation of the internet. And like this is going to affect us all. We want the internet to remain the Wild West for some very obvious reasons. You know, if it's just 
if it's just because you're a liberal. Those who tuned into the show last night, Trust and Verify, we did a whole show on, a you know, how do you define a liberal? And, you know, comrades, if, you, if you're happy with government regulation of a public square, regulation of interaction between human beings, then you are, by definition, you are not a liberal. You are something else entirely. So if you want the internet to remain the Wild West simply because you're a liberal and you believe in free expression and human beings being able to freely assemble, whether it's in real life or this digital space, or maybe you've got different thoughts and different agendas about why the internet needs to remain unregulated. Perhaps you see it as the last and most effective weapon we have against big government and big corporations running roughshod over the rest of us, us lowly peasants. Perhaps you think that's the reason to keep the internet unregulated. But whatever your motivation is, I'm here to tell you that very shortly you are going to be cast as a heartless, bigoted, horrible person, which is always the case in these debates. Always. The establishment line, the big government line, the line that is pushed by corporations, multinational corporations, and their various propaganda exercises on social media. Well, you must vote in favour of gay marriage, for example, because if you don't, it means you hate gay people and you hate love. And you want to step on people because you're an evil bigot. Right? The shaming, the emotional manipulation. You need to be in, you need to be against a wall because otherwise you're a horrible, disgusting racist, a bigot. Somebody that needs to be shunned. Somebody that needs to be expelled. How dare you? You horrible, horrible human being. Emotional manipulation. And it's seldom... These things are seldom presented as they are. Usually what happens with these kinds of pushes for more law, more regulation, more oversight, more suppression... The true reason is often masked. It is gift-wrapped. In not only emotional manipulation is the ribbon around the present, the gift-wrapping itself is, this is for your benefit. This is for your protection. People who have listened to this show for, you know, a long enough time will know we've spoken about this many times before, the protection meme. We need new laws to protect you from X. We need new laws to protect you from some kind of boogeyman. Not this boogeyman. Yeah, obviously. Not this guy. But the reality of laws is that they don't protect you from anything. I've said it before and I'll say it again. And I'm sorry to be repetitious and I'm sorry to bore people, but we're having we're getting new people come on board the show every single day. And for, I've got to thank you guys for sharing the show out, for showing your friends for helping us get the conversation going. Even though it's just a tiny, teeny little corner of the internet, I want to thank you so much for helping us. We're getting new podcast listeners every day, new subscribers every day. So the reality of law is they don't protect you from shit. Because if laws protected you from things, then there would be no murder, there would be no drink driving, there would be no illegal immigration, there would be no rape, there would be no assault, there would be no armed robbery. There would be no trespassing. There would be no jaywalking. There would be no taxation fraud. There would be no bank fraud. There would be no check fraud. There would be no credit card theft. 
There would be no shoplifting. If laws protected you from things, then none of these things would exist. The reality of law is it doesn't protect you from things. It prosecutes those who break them. It turns an action into an illegal action. And it sends people to prison for doing X. That's what laws do. They don't protect you. They never have protected you. And by that logic, governments whose job it is to write laws and enforce them don't protect you either. And this isn't a left-right thing. This is an all-of-politics thing. This is a political class thing. Leading us down dark alleyways where scary figures present risks to have us clamouring for safety and their protection that only they can provide, which is just a myth to begin with. So, a couple of weeks ago, we discussed the push after the Christchurch massacre. Again, there are laws against killing 50 people. Didn't protect anybody that day. After the Christchurch massacre, governments in this part of the world, namely Australia, New Zealand, and then following suit, the UK, and of course, Canada is talking about it as well. And bureaucrats from these company, uh, countries, after they meet with bureaucrats from the United States, will try to push it there as well. If there's one thing government employees love, it's more government. But after the Christchurch massacre, these governments rushed through in five days laws that would put criminal sanctions on the CEOs of companies like Facebook, Twitter and YouTube if quote-unquote dangerous content was able to eke out into the world, into the fourth dimension. Not only criminal sanctions, but also financial sanctions, brutal fines, are now hanging over the heads of these companies should they allow quote-unquote dangerous content to leak into the fourth dimension. And what did you have just a few days ago? Well, you had Facebook come out and ban a whole bunch of people. A whole bunch of high-profile e-celebrities. The reason given? Well, we can't have dangerous content. The back door to censorship is by punishing the companies rather than punishing the people. You let the companies punish the people and the government can wash their hands of any responsibility and talk about how important it is for them to step in and regulate to keep you safe, to protect you from dangerous content. So let's start with a little bit of follow-up. Down here in Australia, innovationaustralia.com, government social media plan, a mess. Who would have thought, who would have thought that a, a largely suppressive knee-jerk reaction of a law that you rush through in less than a week would have problems? Who would have thunk it? Hey, the immigration problem, that's too complicated. We've got to have a debate about that for the next 25 fucking years. Too, too risky, too, too complicated, too complex. How about the Indigenous Australia problem? Well, we've only been talking about that for 200 years. We need more discussion. We need more debate. We need to set up a committee so we can sit down and go over all of the data points. We don't want to rush into anything. Internet regulation? Oh, that's easy. Five days. Bang, bang, bang. Write it up. Get it out. Done. Done. Piece of piss. Regulating the internet worldwide. We could handle that. No problem. 
underage smoking? Oh, I don't know. That's too diff- that's too tough. That's too- I've got no idea how we could do that. I've got no idea. Pure insanity. See, the other the other realization is, you know, when you're young and you know wide-eyed and idealistic, you tend to think that there are problems and government can solve those problems. But as you get older and perhaps a little bit more embittered and cynical, you tend to come to the realization that there are certain problems that the government wants to exist because it it gives them by proxy a reason to exist, to continually propose things. Well, what if we just tweak this little thing here by 2% and then we'll take away this little incentive over here and maybe we'll introduce a law over here, but all the while nothing ever gets fixed, nothing ever gets solved which is exactly what the government wants because if there were no problems why would we why would we vote them in why would we need them there so some problems are allowed to just carry on endlessly into the abyss and other problems problems like people communicating freely in an open unregulated space on the internet as they have done for the last 3 decades well that's got to be fixed right now right now i don't need, put it out there i don't even want to see the law Just write something down on the back of an envelope and get it to the print. Bang. Done. Everybody loves it. Great law. Yes. What are we doing? We're throwing people in prison if they allow dangerous content online. Good job, sir. You're a genius, sir. You're a visionary. Thank thank God. Thank God somebody in the government had the guts to stand up to these internet trolls. It's enough to make you sick. The government's further crackdown on social media companies and their users is another knee-jerk reaction that will not address the actual problems in the space, according to the Greens and tech experts. Yes, even the far-left socialist Greens are saying, what the hell is this? The series of new policies and penalties, and just a reminder, by the way, uh, the government that's currently in charge is the nominally conservative government in Australia. Same in the UK. I'm going to play a video for you shortly. And it's a video I've been trying to get to for a few weeks, but just didn't have enough time. I couldn't squeeze it in with all the other stuff that we were doing. But I'm definitely going to play it today. And it will make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. The level of emotional manipulation that you are being blasted with on a daily basis in order to support your own enslavement online is frightening. It's horrifying. It follows the controversial passing of other social media laws during the last sitting week of the 45th Parliament, allowing for the fining and jailing of tech executives of companies that do not remove abhorrent violent material quickly enough. The new efforts include an increase of maximum jail sentence from three to five years for someone who uses a carriage service such as Facebook to menace, harass or quote, cause offence. Five years prison for being offensive online five years prison who defines what's offensive well whoever whoever writes the law whoever uses the law to their best advantage perhaps i seem to recall when i was younger a a quote-unquote work of art that was going around that was being shown to high school students in this country called piss christ do you remember that and it was a crucified Jesus Christ in a jar of urine. Well, we wouldn't want to cause offence, would we? We wouldn't want to cause offence. 
How about a statuette of Mother Mary being used as a masturbatory device? Would that be offensive to some people? Yeah, fuck them. Fuck them. What about the online trolls? Well, you'll be pleased to know Scott Morrison declares war on social media trolls. War, he says. Yes, the conservative Prime Minister of Australia declaring war on trolling. As if we didn't have any real problems. A lot has changed in the world since a young Scott Morrison went to school, in no small part thanks to the dawn of the internet. Speaking with a group of primary school-aged children on the New South Wales Central Coast, the Prime Minister was keen to make that fact known. When we went to school, you used to have to bring your homework home in a book, he told the group on Sunday. Oh, back in my day. he's, He's obviously the perfect guy to regulate the internet for everybody else. Back in his day, they used to take books home. Isn't it wonderful? Mr. Morrison spoke with the young people in a hall in Bateau Bay before they received a video lesson on cyber safety from Australian educational mascot Healthy Harold in the confined darkness of a blow-up tent. The lesson came as the Coalition has vowed to keep Australian children and adults safer on the web by cracking down on online trolls. Please keep me safe, Mr. Prime Minister. Please. Please. I mean, there are some horrible people saying things on the internet. Why can't the government do something about it? Why can't the government step in and do something about these horrible internet trolls? Under their proposed measures, people found guilty of using a carriage service to menace, harass or, quote, cause offence would be jailed for up to five years. Five years jail for trolling on the internet, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we're headed. Here's the Prime Minister on his little trip of tyranny the other day. Meanwhile, the Prime Minister Scott Morrison has addressed a Liberal campaign rally on the New South Wales Central Coast. It comes as the Coalition announces a crackdown against online trolls and predators. Political reporter Dan Conifer is travelling with the Prime Minister. See, straight away, the emotional manipulation straight off the bat. He's announcing a campaign to crack down on online trolls and predators. Yes, if you make some kind of, you know, humorously offensive meme on Twitter, you will be cast as a child rapist is. Just the same. And just like you saw in the last few days, the likes of Paul Joseph Watson, Milo Yiannopoulos, and you can have your own individual thoughts about these people. That's not for me to say. You decide who you like to listen to. You decide who you like to watch. You decide what is dangerous and what is not. Somebody coming in over the top and spiking the football in your face and telling you that you can't listen to Paul Joseph Watson is in it's insulting to the collective intelligence of mankind. But nonetheless, the category that these people were put in is the same as ISIS terrorists pushing dangerous, hateful ideology, ladies and gentlemen. And just in the introduction of that little video piece, you saw a crackdown on internet trolls and predators. Like they're the same thing. Like it's the same thing. Of course, people in government and, you know, people in government are addicted 
to simplification and casting people as either good guys or bad guys. And unfortunately, the reason that people in government are addicted to this kind of oversimplification is because we, as a voting population, get down on our haunches and lap it up like thirsty dogs drinking rhetorical sewerage from a toilet. We love it. We love the oversimplification. We love being talked to like we're children because collectively, in most cases, we are. There's a great line in the movie Men in Black. Do you remember the first one before that series went right off the rails? And Will Smith is sitting on a park bench deciding whether or not he wants to become a man in black. And he says to the Tommy Lee Jones character, why don't you just tell people what's going on? Why don't you just tell them the truth? People are smart. They can handle it. Tommy Lee Jones retorts, no, a person is smart. People are dumb, mob-like and chaotic and you know it. A person is smart, but people are dumb. Let's carry on. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has today attended a campaign rally on the central coast of New South Wales. His first visit to this region, this campaign, and it's a part of the world where the coalition is hoping to retain the seat it currently holds, that being the seat of Robertson, as well as picking up a Labor-held seat of Dovell. And uh, it was here in front of about 200 uh, party members 200. and supporters that uh, Scott Morrison laid out his case for re-election, saying that the party had created uh, more than a million jobs during its time in government, had uh, announced a return to surplus in uh, the next financial year and was promising lower taxes compared to the Labor Party over the next decade. Lower personal income taxes and not going ahead with the clawing back of tax concessions that the Labor... Yes. Good old conservative values, ladies and gentlemen. Lower taxes, family values and throwing people in prison for five years if they share memes on the internet. Bravo. By the way, for our American brothers and sisters, the the nominally conservative party here in Australia is known as the Liberal Party. Liberal pertaining to the definition classical liberal, meaning values such as small government, low taxation, private property, free speech, free assembly. Liberal in that sense of the word. And this very same Liberal government wants to throw people in prison for five years for causing offence online. Horrifying stuff. Russia's been in the news a lot lately. <laughs> and people on the internet, people on people on cable news networks, people in government say, we don't want... Ev-. Russia should be called as an adversary. Russia is the enemy. We're nothing like the Russians. The Russians, Vladimir Putin, the way he crushes free speech and the way he crushes journalism, we would never want to be associated with a dictator like that. Well, look who's racing. Look who's racing to copy the Russians, ladies and gentlemen. Russians will soon lose uncensored access to the internet. You don't say, welcome to the, welcome to the club, Vladimir. The Russian government is one step away from essentially cutting its population off from the global internet. The controversial sovereign internet law passed last week by the legislature's upper house needs only President Vladimir Putin's signature to require online traffic to pass through servers run by the government's internet regulation agency by 2021. Allowing the Kremlin to much better observe and control what Russian citizens are doing. 
Putin has long talked up the idea of a firewalled Russian internet, claiming that his government needs a better defence against cyber attacks from the West. <laughs> Isn't it cute? Protecting people from the cyber attacks. All right, let's do this video. Let's do this video. This video comes from the UK. ITV, Channel 4 in the UK. Now, I want you to pay particular attention to the emotional manipulation. And, and if you think emotional manipulation doesn't still work, I would just hazard to remind you that the entire European migrant crisis was started by a picture of one small boy dead on a beach. Tragic as it was, that was enough for the European nations to collectively open their gates thanks to Mutti Merkel, Chancellor Merkel. We must do more. Look at this. Look at this horrible image. We need to open our gates, which then, of course, resulted in about 2 million people coming through, completely unvetted, unchecked, and, you know, the associated problems that flowed on from that initial act. So check out the, the different layers of emotional manipulation just in this very short news piece. Hey. You're being blackmailed. The film will be shared with your friends, your family. The world and beyond lies at the fingertips of all internet users. But it can be a technological world west where abuse, radicalization and any and all sorts of harm is abundant. It can be a world of abuse, radicalization, and all sorts of harm. Obviously, obviously, nothing good has come out of the internet. Obviously, it's all been terrible. It's all been victimization and harm and abuse and radicalization. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, but in in the aftermath, and this might offend some people, but I think we're beyond that point because I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to say these things. In the aftermath of the Sri Lankan bombing, the Sri Lankan government shut down YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. Why? They said they wanted to prevent further attacks. In the aftermath of the Christchurch shooting, the New Zealand government moved to ban certain websites. One kid who was who shared the live stream, which only 10 people watched, incidentally, he shared the live stream of the shooting, has is on the hook for 14 years in prison for doing so. 14 years. Ladies and gentlemen, there are child abusers who get less than 10 years. For clicking share on the internet, this kid is looking at 14 years hard time. Welcome to the brave new world of the Wild West. There's a new sheriff in town just going around into every saloon shooting everybody. Shooting everyone. So you would think just by that opening that nothing good has ever come of the internet. But I'm sorry, if your population, if there are people in your population, if your citizens can watch a YouTube video and then switch into a maniacal, bloodthirsty demon who wants to take innocent lives, that's not the internet's fault. That is perhaps a problem with your citizenry, which is an extension of a problem that stems from your government, perhaps. Your culture, perhaps. And, you know, in the aftermath of the shooting in Christchurch, nobody was, nobody was even blaming the guy holding the gun. They were blaming Facebook. 
What sort of nonsense is this? Let's carry on. Today, the Home Secretary said that's all to change. It's time to, for you to protect the users and give them the protection they deserve. And I will accept nothing else. Protection, protection, protection. We need to protect users, protect people on the internet. I won't accept anything else. Who the fuck are you, man? What are you, like internet Superman over here? What the fuck is going on? We need to protect people on the internet. Who the fuck are you? Here's an idea. If you think that people are at risk on the internet, why why don't you start at home? Unplug, bro. Unplug. You worried about your kids seeing things on the internet that they shouldn't see? You worried about bullying on the internet? Turn off the computer. See how easy it is? Oh, no, that's too difficult. That's too difficult. We can't expect people to walk away from social media platforms if they feel offended. We can't expect people to take responsibility for their own level of offence when viewing things publicly, freely on the internet. No, no, it's much easier to regulate everything. It's much easier to throw people in prison. It's much easier to introduce a whole new set of laws and a whole new com- uh, you know, commission to regulate what people see, what people say, what people do, what people think. This is much easier than just turning off the power button and going outside and fucking walking your dog or something, right? Don't raise the bridge, lower the water. The effects of inaction online are being felt every day in the real world for Ruth Moss, singing here with her 13-year-old daughter, Sophie. Now, obviously, nobody likes seeing 13-year-old kids commit suicide, but so I'm going to preface that. I even I shouldn't even have to, but you will get idiots who come in and say, you don't care about children. You're, you, you're a horrible person. Ah! Completely. And that's the point. That's the point to direct you into that discussion. To get to draw you away from the abstract over over you know overbearing discussion of should the internet be regulated yes or no and instead turn it into people who want to regulate the internet are good people who care about children and people who do not want to regulate the internet are awful people who don't care about children. But did you see what the the narrator to this video? Did you see the way it's framed? Inaction on the internet has cost lives. No, 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 no. Inaction on the internet. Our inner, because we haven't regulated the internet, people have been put at risk. No. People have been put at risk. People have committed suicide, but it's not to, the, the inaction of government to regulate the internet is not to blame here. It's the person who actually follows through on the act. And if we're dealing with minors, then I have to say, when does the responsibility of the parents kick in? At what point? She took her own life in 2014, and she did that at home. And it was after that that I had a look at her tablet and found that she'd actually downloaded some really difficult material. I'm sorry. Sorry for your loss. I'm sorry that your daughter committed suicide, but your daughter committed suicide in your home. Your 13-year-old daughter committed suicide in your home. Why is the government expected to be the 
caretaker? Why is the government expected to be the guardian for the whole of society when you were the guardian for this girl? When does individual responsibility of parents kick in? And why must everybody else on the internet then be reined in, choke-chained into submission? Because after this tragic event, you looked at your daughter's tablet and found that she downloaded things online. Why? Again, I'm not trying to sound harsh here. I'm not trying to intentionally cause offence. But no, you cannot blame the internet. You cannot blame the internet for somebody that you are legally responsible for committing suicide in your own home. Why was it only after she was dead that you bothered to look at what she was looking at online? Why? And you know what? Maybe it makes her feel a bit better about things, even though it, it would be impossible to feel better. I get that. But it's a kind of... We're in this state right now where nobody's responsible for their own actions anymore or their own inactions. It's everybody else's fault. It's the internet's fault. It's the government's fault. No, it's not. But this is how governments using the media will rein you in to fall in line, to be in lockstep. Well, this is a tragic story. And it is. This is a tragic story. Something must be done. I don't want to see this happen to anyone. Hey, I don't either. But something must be done. And who else to do it but the government? Remember the first guy? I'm not going to stand for it anymore. Very violent images that showed a person how to take their own life and promoted self-harm and cutting. Governments need to step in and say, right, there needs to be accountability and some responsibility. Why didn't you step in? Governments need to step in and say, and governments... And I'm trying to walk the line here of not being too harsh, right? But the audacity of saying governments need to step in. There needs to be some responsibility and some accountability. This was a minor that you are legally responsible for. You are the legal guardian of this young girl. Why didn't you step in? Where's your accountability? Where's your responsibility? The government is not the, the parent of society. It doesn't work that way. At least it's not supposed to. Government does not exist to protect us from ourselves. And those who want governments to protect us from ourselves will be the ones in lockstep cheering for their own enslavement. Because freedom, darn it, it's just too risky. On the part of the companies that are hosting this kind of material... It's precisely the sort of content that Sophie found and other forms of online harm that the government's white paper wants to root out. Nothing in this paper is binding. At the moment, it's all just suggestions which will be consulted on over the next 12 weeks. But <laughs> it's just a suggestion. It's just a suggestion. I was reading an article earlier today in regards to the Australian laws 
and you know they're going to impose uh, sanctions on internet service providers and they're going to say well you need to provide all of these protections for parents we need new layers of censorship new layers of filtering and it's just a suggestion but if you don't do it in 12 months we're going to force you isn't it wonderful hey if you don't if if you don't take up the things that we're suggesting we're going to force you events eventually but it's just a suggestion it's just that we're not we're not being fascists or anything here we're not trying to impose some kind of law on you, no. But we highly suggest that you take us up on our very generous offer. Otherwise, you might wake up in your bed the next day with a horse head next to you. Those suggestions could have real bite, like an independent regulator that can write its own code of conduct. And that independent regulator... An independent regulator that can write its own code of conduct an entity separate from the government that can just write laws about what happens on the internet, just like that. And it's, it's the way these people bandy these things around. They just throw them out there. Like it's like, it's eh, what's the difference? So we'll regulate the, yes, we'll have an independent regulator and they'll just write up laws that they see fit because they're smarter than everyone else. They know what's best for you. You're too stupid out there, the peasants. You're far too stupid to be able to govern your own emotions. You're too stupid to be able to deal with offensive material on the internet. You can't be trusted. You can't be trusted, you know, to look after yourself. So we're going to bring in an independent regulator who is going to wrap you up all nice and cozy in a nice little safety blanket and and punish those evil, horrible trolls who say mean things on the internet. We're going to throw them in jail to protect you. Because you obviously can't protect yourself by hitting the power button on the internet. That's too hard. That's too difficult. Remember, the people who are proposing these quote-unquote solutions are the same people that have let certain problems run wild in the Western world for 50 fucking years. The, the, ladies and gentlemen, the governments of today can't even decide where certain people should piss in a shopping mall toilet. They haven't even figured out bathroom etiquette, but they're going to tell us what we can do on the internet. <laughs> right? Really? Really? You don't know where this certain you don't know where this person is supposed to poop, but you're going to figure out how to regulate the internet and get all the offensive stuff offline, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. I trust them. I don't know about you. Oh, I'm convinced. I'm sold. These guys obviously know what's going on. Ladies and gentlemen, in the UK, they can't even stop returning ISIS fighters from coming back and dancing with the police in the main streets. But they're going to protect people from the internet. Right, 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 right. Yep, yep, yep. They're so clever. Our elected officials are better than us, ladies and gentlemen. They should have the ability to find firms and find them in proportion to how big they are. So if you're an internet giant worth billions, well, your fine could be substantial. Oh. And what about those repeat offenders? Well, it suggests that internet providers should block them. Block them. There is, though, one online harm that this paper doesn't cover. Last year, Channel 4 News exposed the extent to which firms can use social media to manipulate democratic elections across the world. <laughs> Don't you love the delicious irony of this? 
We need to regulate social media in order to control what people can and can't say. But when it comes to manipulating social media in order for, you know, where things like the government's benefit, like, I don't know, elections, ah, it's too difficult. It's too, too risky. I don't know. I don't want to get involved. I mean, we've got to think about democracy here. Remember, remember, we love democracy. We love democracy. Throw people in prison who post memes. Election meddling? Well, I don't, that's a tricky area. We don't want to do that. We can definitely stop uh, 12-year-olds from seeing offensive content online and killing themselves. We can do that, no problem whatsoever. But we can't stop any kind of thing that happens on the internet in regards to keeping governments in power. That's that's too problematic for us. So this stuff infiltrates the online community and expands, but with no branding. Mm. This digital assault on democracy is not addressed in today's paper. Digital Why assault not? on or democracy. Why do you just not think it's that big of an issue? I do see uh, democracy, our election, our electoral system is part of, as far as I look at it, is part of our critical national infrastructure. Really? It needs to be, protect, be protected, it needs to be cherished. And there is work cross-government that's being done, that's being led by the cabinet office and the uh, home office is part of that uh, too. Yeah. It's a missed opportunity, according to the chair of the Digital Culture, Media and Sports Select Committee, who thinks legislation... The Digital Culture, Media and Sports Elect Committee member. The t- oh, the chairman of the Digital Culture Committee. Ooh. Oh. An, ex- a fi- an expert, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you know who I am? I'm the chairman of the Digital Culture Committee. I will decide what digital culture is good and what digital culture is bad. For I am the chairman. Change is needed and fast. We've seen a lot of uh, reports of people uh, running advertising campaigns. We don't know who's doing it. We don't know where the money's coming from. Uh, people don't know why they're being targeted. That's right. not been addressed in the white paper, but there's an urgent need to get that right. And should we have an early general election, I think we need emergency legislation to bring proper transparency to political advertising online. Here's an idea. If if people in another country are, you know, making advertising, like say, say the Russians. Let's use the Russians for an example, okay? And people want to talk about protecting democracy. Oh, we're, we're all about people in government. We're all about protecting democracy. Our strong, vibrant democracy needs to be protected. Ladies and gentlemen, if catering company employees in some shithole factory in Russia somewhere can swing an election, your democracy isn't, ain't, ain't as strong as you think it is. Perhaps, here's an idea. If you want to protect democracy, why don't you people do your fucking jobs for a change and actually listen to the people in your own countries instead of ruling over them with an iron fist? Maybe if you were a little more receptive to what people want in your own countries, then they couldn't be quote-unquote fooled by advertising campaigns coming from Russians overseas. Have you ever considered that? Oh, no, no, it's not our fault. No, no, no. No, 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 no. It's the, it was the Russians. Yeah, it was them. They, they're the ones who did it. It's their fault. So voter engagement is at all-time lows. So trust in government is at all-time lows. No, no, it's Russia's fault. It's got nothing to do with the three or four decades that we've been bending our citizens over a barrel and giving it to them raw. It's got nothing to do about it. It's got nothing to do with that. Our citizens love us. We protect them. We're going to protect them from online trolls. We're going to keep them safe and warm. 
And any time people, you know, feel like they are disengaged and disenfranchised with the political process in the Western world, it's because of Russian trolls. It's nothing to do with us. It's not our fault. We've done everything we can. Whether it's damaging democracy digitally. I'll never forget the first time we met. Or the pain caused by the Wild West Web. The pain caused by the Wild West Web. The pain, ladies and gentlemen, the harm, the violence, the radicalization. The internet is to blame. You, you heard it yourself. The pain caused by the Wild West Web. Freedom is the villain. Find yourself find yourself shifting uneasily in your seat when reading a Facebook post. That's Facebook's fault. Do you feel offended when, you know, browsing the web? Don't worry. The government's going to come in and put a stop to that. We want all of you feeling happy and safe all the time. Because we're the government and we're here to help. That pain caused, that pain, that harm that's caused on the internet. How how dare you suggest that a parent should have stepped in and taken a more active role in what their child was doing with their life? How dare you? It's not the job of the parent. That's our job here in the government. We're We're your daughter's parents now. We're your son's guardians now. Your job is to spit them out, put them into daycare as quickly as possible, and then leave it up to us. We'll do the rest. We'll protect your children from online trolling. We'll protect your children from offence. We'll teach your children what it means to be a good global citizen. You can't be expected. You're too stupid. You don't have the skills necessary. Let's just ban it all. The scope of online harm is vast and growing exponentially. The challenge for government, is it really capable of catching up? Catching up. The challenge for government, is it, re- is it really capable of catching up to protect people from online harm? See, this is the gift wrapping. This is how they'll sell you regulation on the internet. This is how they will sell internet regulation worldwide. And unfortunately, large sections of the internet population and the internet using population, present company excluded, I know you guys get this, but unfortunately, large swaths of people out there will say it's a good thing and they can't wait for the government to step in and start deciding for you what you can and can't see, what you can and can't listen to, because what they'll decide what is harmful to you. They will decide for you what is harmful and you'll never get to know. You'll never get to figure it out for yourself. Protected from cradle to grave. Isn't it wonderful? Paul McNamara reporting. Now, just before we came on air, I spoke to Margot James, the Government Minister for Digital and Creative Industries. I began by asking her... The Government Minister for Digital and Creative Industries, another expert... ...why it has taken so long to take action. (laughs) Do you see the premises that are being laid out before you where regulation is the only acceptable answer? He doesn't ask, why is the government doing this? That's not a question. The question is, why haven't you done it already? Do you see the difference? 
the debate, it's a closed debate. There is no debate. The premise is everybody already supports regulation on the internet. The, the only question is how quickly can we do it and why is it taking so long? Again, if you support regulation on the internet, you will be branded in the coming weeks and months and years. Maybe it won't even be years. Maybe it won't even take that long. If you support regulation on the internet, you will be cast as a loving, empathetic person who wants to protect children from harm. Mark my words. Save this broadcast. And if you are against regulation on the internet, you will be cast as a horrible, uncaring, robotic abuser of people by proxy. Because you must be in favour of people experiencing harm. You must be in favour of children committing suicide. Because all good, decent people agree that something must be done, ladies and gentlemen. All the good, decent people in the world agree that something has to change. All the good, decent people in the world agree that it's time for the government to step in and take some responsibility and create some accountability. And all of the dinosaurs and the evil trolls and predators and criminals and disgusting, disgusting human filth of the, of the world that lives on the internet, well, they, they must be the only ones that are against it because they just want to abuse people. That's why they don't want us to step in, take control of this thing. Well, I mean, with the benefit of hindsight, um, I think you raise a fair point. I think um, I would wish that uh, we had acted sooner. Um, but um, bearing in mind that we are the first country oh, to take such a broad and holistic approach to the matter of regulating online content. <laughs> She's proud of it. Well, I'll have you know that we are the first country on earth to take the to take such a broad approach to regulating online content. Oh, bravo. Bravo. My fucking hero over here. Horrifying stuff. By the way, if you think um, the government needs to protect you from Facebook, let's do this first. Uh, a little clip of Mark Zuckerberg and all of these clips, all of the articles I refer to will be available in the show notes at the Podbean website, boogiebumper.podbean.com. I'll tweet out the uh, the episode, the podcast version, as soon as we're done here. And you can get all the links there and share them around, watch them at your leisure. Let's have a little quick look here at, yes, a holistic approach. Listen here to Mark Zuckerberg explain that the death of free speech in America is actually a really positive thing that we all need to get behind. We're taking a more proactive role and making sure that all of our partners and developers use our services for good. Uh. We're very focused on making sure that our recommendations and discovery surfaces um, aren't highlighting groups uh, where people are repeatedly sharing misinformation or harmful yes. content. And we're working hard yes. uh, to completely remove groups if, if they exist primarily to, to violate our policies or, um, or, or do things that are dangerous. Good for you, Mark. Mark really cares. See, Mark is actually out there you know, on the campaign trail to ramp up social media regulation himself. He loves regulation. The people that run these companies love regulation because it will entrench them as monopolies forever. Nobody else will be able to enter the marketplace because nobody will be in such an established position to be able to deal with the regulations that these inept, ignorant, 
fraudulent governments are going to dish out with with their independent digital culture commissions. But Mark Zuckerberg really cares. He really cares about his users. He wants you to feel safe. He's going to get rid of the people who exist on his platform to do mean things to other people. This is from four years ago. Let's turn now to a social media story that has been generating a lot of reaction, including anger over the past few days. It's in response to a study Facebook conducted with hundreds of thousands of its users. The study in question goes back to 2012, when Facebook manipulated the incoming content of pages belonging to almost 700,000 of its users for a week without telling them. <laughs> it was designed to see how people's attitudes were affected when they read either a stream of more positive posts or more negative ones in their so-called news feeds. The results were published in a respected scientific journal in June. They were art- artificially manipulating the news feeds to try and cause depression-like symptoms in some of their users, ladies and gentlemen. And I guess it's all just a big coincidence that we now exist in a time when people are blaming the internet for people feeling depressed, for people causing harm to themselves. And it's also a coincidence that the, the head of this company, Facebook, is one of the top people calling for regulation of his own company because of the harm that can be caused online, right? See how this works? Problem, reaction, solution. So it's not going to stop. And, you know, on this show, I don't see many people talking about this stuff. There are a few out there talking about it. But this this is going to be the issue in the upcoming weeks and months. This is going to be the battleground. Because if they're allowed to crush freedom online, then... All of this goes away, all of it, into dust, like that, just like that. And, you know, the the revolutionary tool that we've had for reaching out and communicating across cultures, across, you know, different social classes in different countries, different groups, that's going to be cast as the problem instead of what it really is. It's horrifying. I've got more articles. I can't get to them. I'm, I'm going to run out of time. I'll post them uh, in the Discord server. If you want to join the Discord server, just go to my timeline. Check it out. Uh, I try to end on a high note, ladies and gentlemen, so I've got one more article here for you. Because if online digital harm wasn't um, scary enough, I thought this was actually fantastic. Someone has monetized gang violence in LA. <laughs> Someone has monetized gang violence in California. Check this out. It looks like an ordinary jacket, but I'm going to knock on it. This is... Bay Area Startup sells world's first bulletproof hoodie, including kids' sizes. Yay! Yes! <laughs> Free market solutions. Free market solutions to horrible problems. See, I like this. Don't worry about taking the guns away. Why don't we just give all of the children bulletproof hoodies instead? (laughs) And we'll make a fucking fortune. I think it's fantastic. Bulletproof. Yep, this is bulletproof. Yeah. And it was designed by the person wearing it. The Tran is the founder of the Bay Area-based startup Wonder Hoodie, which sells an entire line 
of everyday wear, bulletproof clothing. Everyday including wear. Including the world's first bulletproof hoodie. Your, the sides of your face and wow. also the back of your head right here. We only use uh, DuPont Kevlar. The idea for the products born from a traumatic personal event, a fatal armed robbery in her hometown of Seattle. Last year around Christmas time, my next door neighbor, a Vietnamese mother of two, was just walking home when she was approached for her purse. Um, she wouldn't give it up and they had like a little struggle, uh, but the person ended up shooting her eight times in the chest. And she died right there, uh, right in front of her home and mine. Random shootings, school shootings, a reality that has produced an entire industry of bulletproof gear for people who never used to need the armor like kids and teachers. One search on Amazon produces an entire list of items. For Tran, witnessing her neighbor's brutal murder was enough to change the trajectory of her own career. See, some people witness something like that, a horrifying event, and will then start up a hashtag or some kind of petition going to their government saying, we need to impose more stricter controls on freedom. We need to take everybody's freedom away because of this horrible thing that I experienced. But in, you know, as a non-American looking in, I always thought that America was built, one of the fundamental pillars of the American state was its love of entrepreneurism. And so, so this girl has actually gone the entrepreneurial route and said, no, don't, don't petition the government. Don't start a hashtag campaign. Don't hand out flyers saying we need to remove freedom. I will use the freedom that I have and monetize this sucker. And I'm going to make stylish children's hoodies out of Kevlar bulletproof material <laughs> to make my community safer. I think it's wonderful. She should be given a fucking award. I looked online for something to buy them, but I couldn't find anything really made for women or children um, or at a price point that I could afford. With her background in material science, she got working on prototypes, founded the company in 2018 and started selling her line as soon as it met the National Institute well, of Justice's uh, standards for body armor performance. This is just me doing my part to make sure that um, uh, that if someone like me or my mom or my little brother was looking for a product like this, it was made available to them. The sadness behind the sales of her products, especially in kids' sizes, not lost on its inventor. Sometimes tragedy... She's always late. Uh, sometimes tragedy can lead to wonderful things. And over the last few weeks, we've spent time on this show discussing that you know, the overreaching, overbearing, insidious tyranny of governments to use tragedy for their own means, to suppress freedom, to stifle free speech, to inject themselves into our everyday communications, to inject themselves into areas and regulate things where they ought not be. Get out of our business. And they're using the emotional manipulation that can be used after a tragedy to push this aim. To force us into ever smaller boxes of allowable thought, to control our stimuli, to decide on our behalf what we are capable of hearing and what we are not. And that's, that's using a tragedy for a deceptive means. That's, that's not overcoming. You know, some people use bad events in their life to make themselves into better people. Some people experience loss, some people experience tragedy, some people experience hard times, and they use that as a motivation for their own drive to say, I'm never going back there again. I'm going to change something.
I'm going to use this moment to make myself a better person. And then unfortunately, as we see today, as we saw in the earlier video, some people will use that tragedy to point the finger outward and say, it's all your fault. How dare you? Somebody needs to do something. Not me, somebody else. Preferably the government. But here's a young lady using tragedy in a positive way. And, you know, free market solutions, baby. She's providing a product. She's now got a new career. She's done something, you know, using her ingenuity and her creativity and her entrepreneurial spirit to provide value to people instead of using the tragedy to attempt to take value away and freedom away from those around her. Brings us to the end of the show, guys. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like me to provide some value in your life, well, I'm going to be very disappointing, but you can try by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Don't forget, join the Discord if you are into that kind of thing and those kinds of debates. I'll be back. Yeah, it was a positive note. It was a free market positive note. That was a positive note to end on. <laughs> I'll be back tomorrow, probably around 9 p.m. again. I'm Maybe, I don't know, if people are happy with 9 p.m., we'll try to go at 9 p.m. from now on. So until then, guys, thanks so much. I think Chris Mack is on. If you don't follow Chris Mack, uh, you should, at ChrisMC44. I think he's on right now. Always has very interesting guests. And don't forget uh, James R., who's on just before me, at Real Person, PLTCS, the best 15, 20-minute data downloads in, you can get on the interwebs. The best shotgun-style um, presenter on the webs by far. So follow him, at Real Person, PLTCS. Until tomorrow, guys, stay calm, stay rational. Thanks for being with us. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. James was lit today. James was so calm today. Thanks, Word Smiter. Thank you. Follow Q. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining. Thanks for sharing. We'll see you again tomorrow, 9 p.m. This is the future fight. I hope you're ready for it. Okay, guys, see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.